0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Executive Report. Today, we are blessed to have Alex Smith, the founder of Atlas Restaurant Group. He's going to be here telling some stories about how he started the business, what effect COVID may have had on him, and then some more personal things of some of the nonprofits that he likes to support. But before we get started, let me read this quick little bio. It says Alex Smith is the founder and president of Atlas Restaurant Group, a nationally acclaimed Baltimore based hospitality group featuring 24 successful restaurants. Alex founded the group in 2012, with the opening of Uzu Bay in Baltimore East Harbor's neighborhood. Following five years as a professional lacrosse player and inspired to pursue a career in hospitality by his grandfather's passion and success with H&S Bakery, Alex got his start by opening a haagen franchise in Baltimore's East Harbor. With each restaurant, uh, the group creates an unparalleled experience that together are refining Baltimore's culinary culture. They're on pace to have up to 29 restaurants by End of year. So Alex, welcome to Executive Reports. Hey, thank you for having me. <laughs> so I have to be honest, I've visited many of your restaurants, and uh, I'll tell you, they actually seem to take a completely different direction of what I was taught in school in business classes. And the fact is that your restaurants all have a different brand, completely unique, a completely separate experience. And what I was taught is that when you create a brand, it's supposed to be parallel and seamless across the country. But somehow, yours have been super successful in that. So I'm really curious. How did you manage to to pull off a feat of such nature?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, the reason we have so many different brands is because we're really trying to change, as you said before, the dining scene in Baltimore Hmm. and cultivate uh, unique experiences. And so we knew in Baltimore that uh, you know to kind of spearhead this movement of this culinary change, we needed to establish many different types of brands. So they each have their own unique characteristics, their huh, own unique do. product and, and entertainment as well. Yeah. Now, where do you get the ideas from all these different concepts? It's good, good question. So I travel a lot. Um, and I'm somebody that when I travel, I try and uh, dine out as, in, in as many restaurants as possible <laughs> um, and visit as many unique locations as possible and just gather information uh, and see what works in other markets and try and bring that here. Perfect, did you have a, a favorite place in your travels that you enjoy? I mean, uh, I, you know, I've got some Greek heritage. I would say Greece is pretty nice, but, really? <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, look, I, 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 have some of the best restaurants, believe it or not, that I found are in Sydney, Australia. Really? Um, yeah. And so, uh, I just, you know, when I travel, I try and eat out where I can and, collect menus and take pictures and see what other
0: people are that are, are, you know, what they're successful at and how can we bring that to Baltimore? Got it. Well, there certainly is a lot of diversity around the world in different culinary arts and experiences and so forth. You know, I'm, I'm really curious what your particular favorite is. Oh
1: man, they're all my children. Don't do that to me. (laughs) I love them all for different reasons. Uh, I really do. Um, you know, I'm proud in each, of each and every restaurant we have, I'm proud of the staff that we have, and I'm 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 proud of the product we put out. So, I I, I don't have a
0: particular favorite. All favorites for different reasons. All favorites like for it. different <laughs> reasons. Uh, so, um, starting early on with a Haagen-Dazs, um, I assume it was like a stand. Is that is that right? It was
1: a inline store. Okay. Uh, in Harbor East next to Landmark Theaters, um, I started that as the building was going up. Okay. Um, it's before Harbor East. Uh, as if you've been there and you mm-hmm. visited that, it's very different today than it was uh, in 2007, mm-hmm. um, but that's where I started.
0: Excellent, and somehow you got inspiration to go into full culinary experiences?
1: Yeah, well, look, I saw I saw a developing city and a changing neighborhood, and, and you know, from the deli we did a, a, a deli, or from the haagen we did a deli diner,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and then from there we went to Uzo Bay, and then it was Azumi, and we've kind of expanded from there, and with each concept that we've, we've built and created, um... You know, the the town has continued to support us. And so we continue to do more because we don't want to let
0: them down and we want to continue to grow. Yeah. Well, and Baltimore is is a wonderful place. Um, You know, we've had conversations with other guests about the opportunities that Baltimore can create for not only the communities, but, but the residents and everyone that visits. And you've been very passionate about Baltimore and expanding it and making it a better place. I'm curious what your opinion is of where the city is now and this kind of downward spiral it seems to have been on over the, the past years.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, what we've created in Baltimore with our restaurants, and we have 20 in greater Baltimore region, is uh, we've, we've really created a regional tourist destination. Mm-hmm. So what we're trying to do in, in, in our business is bring people from various different areas around the surrounding state and have them come in as a tourist destination to to experience Baltimore. And so, look, I think Baltimore ha- has unbelievable geography. Uh, it's close proximity to D.C. We've got great water frontage, uh, great history, um, you know, really diverse and, and cultur- culturally rich neighborhoods. Um, I just think Baltimore has so much to offer. Uh, obviously, uh, leadership plays a part in that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we need to do a better job in leadership uh, in the city and,
0: and, and tr- start to turn things around. Yeah, I would agree. Um, and, and specific to leadership, uh, I don't know what your specifics opinions are, but uh, it seems like the leadership has not been good for a really long time. Uh, And uh, do, do you have any advice on how to help facilitate the change?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, in my opinion, I think you're right. The leadership has been lacking for quite a long time. Um, I think what we need is is somebody with vision uh, and somebody that knows how to run a business and execute. Um, and I think that part of the problem is is that a lot of these people in these departments have been around forever, um, and we really need somebody to shake things up. I mean, really <laughs> need to, somebody to get in there and shake things up and change over a lot of the leadership in many of these departments that are running the agencies in
0: the city. Um, and it starts from the top, and we just don't have it yet. Yeah, I would agree. And I think maybe one of the first changes is um, someone in office that's not concerned about their next political appointment. (laughs) I would 100% agree with that. And I think it's more than just, you know, the mayor,
1: although I I do put, you know, most of the responsibility on his shoulders. But I think having the right city council, having the right district attorney, Mm -hmm. having the right police commissioner, I mean, it it all adds up. And um, it takes a lot of great people in those positions to make the town to change
0: the direction of the town. Absolutely. Uh, in your bio, it mentioned that you were inspired by um, H&S Bakery and your grandfather. Uh, I'm curious, what do you think uh, his opinion would be in this kind of climate?
1: Yeah, so, uh, look, my grandfather would have been very disappointed. Mm. Uh, he was a Greek immigrant, obviously, um, you know, and a Greek heritage, I should say. Um, but, you know, he's a he's a man that invested every last dollar he had into the city. Yeah. Uh, he was not a guy that had a big home. Or a fancy car, or you know, a plane, or a boat, or a house, vacation home. Um, he literally took all the money he made from H and S Bakery, and he reinvested that into the city because he had a vision. Um, and I'm thankful that he did that um, because Harbor East has, you know, been tremendous for the city. Um, but um, I think you'd be disappointed in the direction we're going right now. It sounds like you get a lot of inspiration from your grandfather. Is that right? Absolutely. Uh, he was one of my, he's was one of my best friends. And, um, you know, I'm very thankful that I got to spend almost every day with him (laughs) from the time I graduated college until he passed in 2016. But, um, he just taught me that relentless hard work beats all. And, you know, he was somebody that didn't have a college degree, but, uh, he knew how to go into a bakery and grind it out and he would come out covered in flour and, (laughs) you know, carrying those, you know, the sacks of flour, delivering bread, doing everything you had to do. And, You know, it wasn't necessarily about education,
0: but just relentless hard work. And so, I just admired that about him. Yeah, I think I think you're I think persistence will beat all eventually. Um, are there any specific business advice or lessons or or something that he gave you, with the exception of persistence? I mean, at certain levels, you know, there are HR things, there are accounting things, <laughs> legal things, and you have to start considering them. And I'm sure he's experienced them all.
1: Yeah, you know, he he, he grew up in a very different business environment. Uh, than we're in now, obviously. <laughs> sure, yeah. um, you know, he told me make sure you sign every single check in your company, which I still do that. Yeah. And and, and Joe sitting here, he sees all the checks. But I, <laughs> sa- I signed I every distributor's check. I can't sign all the payroll checks because we have too many employees. But um, and and you you'd be surprised what you catch. So uh, I'd be into the business, and 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 I walk you know the properties on a on a daily basis, um, and. I think that he was into the business as well. He, even though he had his office above the bakery, he was still in the bakery, hmm. you know, talking to the engineers and the and the people on the line and the truck drivers and everything else. So, be into your business
0: and make sure you have control. Absolutely, absolutely. So, the restaurant business I, I worked in it for a little while is, and I'll be honest, I couldn't do it for more than about a year. It just wasn't my thing. But there's a lot of churn. There's a lot of turnover. It seems like. And, um, people seem to not look at it as a career when they start as a bartender or a server or something of that nature. Do you find that you have to recruit consistently? We're, we're always
1: recruiting because we're expanding, but our, believe it or not, our retention rate has been incredible. Um, yeah, our, our salaried managers, you know, we're in the 80th percentile for retention, uh, with our, with our actual manage managers. Um, in addition to that, our hourly employees do incredibly well. Um, so you know, it, of course, you know, there's going to be turnover, but uh, you know, we're, we're a company that provides benefits, benefits 90 days in. We're a company that, um, you know, has a $15 hour minimum wage to start, um, which for a restaurant group is unheard of in yeah. the country. Um, so, look, you know, th- the most powerful thing in our organization is the people. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that drive the organization. Um, they're the people you interact with on a daily basis. So. Uh, obviously they're the most important and you have to take care of them.
0: Yeah. So that that all speaks to company culture directly. Is that something that you specifically targeted and said, we're going to have a company culture like this? Or did it just kind of evolve that way?
1: No, I think it kind of evolved that way. um, But I will tell you that when I first got started, I was working with our employees on a daily basis, right? Yeah, yeah. So when I started my ice cream store, I was scooping ice cream, and when I started the deli, I was making pizza and sandwiches and, and ringing customers up and cleaning the store. So um, I look at it as, uh, you know, our strength is is that there's nobody in our company that's not willing to roll up their sleeves and do the same job as everybody else. Yeah. And, um, and that's important. And that extends all the way out to the farm, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah, we have a farm out in Carroll County, right down the street from here.
0: <laughs> I love it. So um, that that's I, I can't imagine you grow food for all your restaurants in that location. Do you?
1: No, we. So our farm, which is on four acres, we grow seasonal vegetables for most of our Baltimore properties. Okay, um, which is great. Uh, basically, we have you know. We produce all of our own eggs, Wow, Um, you know, lettuce and greens and garlic and all sorts of mushrooms and things of that nature. But we grow seasonally on our farm
0: and then provide locally to the restaurants in Baltimore. That's fantastic. So, one of the stories I read during COVID is that you guys were on pace to do about $85 million in revenue, had over 1,000 employees, and then you were pretty much forced to shut down immediately. So, revenue went almost to zero, and you only had one restaurant open. Uh, that had to have been one of the most stressful times in, in your career.
1: Oh, it was, Yeah, it was absolutely terrible. Um, you know, we were in a position where, financially, we, we couldn't keep all of our hourly employees who were tipped employees on staff. Um, So what we did was we shut down. We immediately worked with them to get them in the queue so they could sign up for unemployment. Um, And then we did weekly grocery giveaways for our entire company just to provide food and basic service, basic necessities through the pandemic. But we paid all of our salaried people through the pandemic, and the reason is you know we needed those hundred people to restart the engine. Um, And we were able to as soon as the governor said go, (laughs) the engine was restarted. We brought everybody back as soon as possible, and got them going. but, you know, look, we, we went from uh, a company that, like you said, was doing those kind of numbers um, to zero overnight. And our payroll at that time was 600000 a week. Yeah. So w- what do you do? And it's uh, just a not a great situation. But I, I think that, the, the obviously, the PPP loans mm-hmm. uh, really helped us. Um, and, and, and anything that we got from the state, which there was a few grants and things of that nature. But it was all very helpful.
0: It allowed us to bring our staff on right away. And... And we just we just kept grinding and pulled out of it. Yeah. So I know that uh, a lot of people talk about resilience in those tough times. And I imagine that that you had some sleepless nights wondering, you know, when's this going to come to an end? Uh, How did you set all those negative emotions aside and say, you know, we're going to stay focused on the goal? Yeah,
1: I mean, my stand from my standpoint, you know, I I was really just concerned about my family. Hmm. Um, cause obviously we were all quarantining and I, my yeah. wife was pregnant at the time. And so I was like, look, I was like, I got my wife and I got <laughs> my future kid on the way and whatever happens happens. But, you know, I was just thankful that we were healthy and safe and, you know, it could have been a lot worse. Um, COVID could have been a lot worse. And I think, mm. especially in the state, I think governor Hogan did a great job handling it. I think we opened when we should have opened and we closed when we should have closed. Uh, the city's a different story. Yeah. I mean, they shut us down for a month in December and we had to lay people off again um, after, after basically eight months of, of being, or seven months of being open. And that was very difficult, but um, it, was, it was a tough time and serious challenge.
0: Um, I I did want to ask a little bit about some of the, the nonprofits and the causes that you support, because I I know that you support a lot and you don't talk about them, (laughs) which is, which is really cool to me, uh, because you're not putting the limelight on yourself, so to speak. But I think the things that you support are amazing. Um, so if you could just talk a little bit about them. Sure. I mean, look, we're, I'm on the board of obviously a few
1: organizations in town. Um, and, um, you know, we do, so, look, we, we do a lot financially for many different organizations yeah. in town, uh, Living Classroom Foundation and Cystic Fibrosis. And I recently rotated off the National Aquarium Board and now I'm back on the Science Center Board. <laughs> um, but, but what I'm most proud of is the work that our team is doing together collectively. Mm-hmm. Um, And what I mean by that is is it's not just financial support or support support for a gala, Mm -hmm. but when you have 1,500 local employees and, you know, three times a year we get out and we pick up trash in the community at 12 different locations. Um, you know, we make food and drop off food on a biweekly basis at our daily bread, you know, we're, we are using our organization to really push our employees and our staff members to be engaged in the community. Mm -hmm. Um, even from a hiring standpoint, whether it's establishing feeder programs with Mervo and Carver, um, tying in with their culinary programs to establish obviously a feeder system into Atlas. Mm -hmm. Um, so people have really career jobs from day one. Um, if they're not, if their path is not to go to college, but I think the work that we're doing that that really matters is the community work, where we're
0: we're using our, our our numbers to really engage in the community. Yeah. Well, it's clear that you're passionate about Baltimore and you're passionate about people. <clears throat> um, and, and I'm just curious, where do you think you'll you'll be in five to ten years from now? <laughs> look, I love
1: this city. Um, I've I, we have three restaurants in Houston, Texas, and and although I love Houston, I mean, I, look, I'm here forever. Um, <laughs> never never giving up on the city. Going to continue to stay downtown. Uh, fight the good fight, continue to continue to grow our organization, grow people within our organization, um, and help out where I can in the community. And uh, we'll see where it takes us. But look, that was my grandfather's legacy. And uh, my goal is to continue that on. Do you think you'd ever uh, consider running for office? Uh, (laughs) Maybe that's a headache you don't want. (laughs) uh,
0: Look... Probably not. (laughs) I'll leave it at that. Understood. I can, I can understand completely. So, well, make sure everyone on YouTube land hit that like button and subscribe and Alex, thank you so much for being here. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much. It was great talking with you.